This is a conspiracy. That's what this is. One big damn conspiracy! And everyone's in on it! I know what's going on. Did IQs just drop sharply while I was away? person is smart. People are dumb, panicky, dangerous animals, and you know it. Did you see the memo about this? Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this. Don't you see what this means? Welcome to episode 42 of Your Missing the Point podcast, where we discuss the weird, the wonderful, and the downright bizarre aspects of life, as we have conversations with people from all over the world. Massive things have transpired in the state of Victoria, something I honestly never thought would happen. At 1.30pm Australian Eastern Standard Time, the dictator himself, Dan Andrews, announced as of 5pm tomorrow, he'll be resigning from his position as the Premier of Victoria. To help me discuss this tonight, I'm joined by a friend of the show, the tropical Canadian himself, Wade, a new guest to the show, the commie trolling masochist GT. Welcome, mate. Thanks for having me on, mate. Really appreciate it. Really, always a pleasure to be back, mate. Did you say dictator or dickhead potato? Uh, either are, are applicable for Dan Andrews, I find. Fair call. But, you know, this this is an audio podcast, but let's see if this actually works on the mic. Ah, yeah, there we go. Mate. Celebrating today. <laughs> I honestly never thought in my wildest dreams this would happen. There's been lots of conspiracy theories about this bloke stepping down. Ironically, in September, a lot of people predicted that he would he would step down and that he would then move to a new job in New York. I do have concerns that that may transpire, but I'm just happy in the moment that we no longer have to call ourselves Dan Estanians, and we can call ourselves Victorians again. Yeah. Dan Estanians does have a better ring to it than Victorians, but at least you got rid of that absolute fuckwit. Yeah, mate. It's it's, it's your leader next. Old Palachuk. (laughs) Oh, fingers crossed. (laughs) Fingers crossed. I'll just add this in. Um, I'm I'm not from Victoria or Queensland, um, so you know. But still, I I can feel the pain that um, you guys went through with the lockdowns and whatnot. And um, mate, any I'd say this: any person like Dan Andrews that goes is the best day for uh, humanity and um, people of Australia. Just I'll just put it out there. That's the um, thing about this guy, isn't it? Though GT, there's uh, he has such a hatred and vitriol around him. It transcends states. And countries across the planet. I know there's multiple listeners of the show that are internationals from the States, the UK, wherever, and they know this guy by name. He's definitely given himself this aura of this dictatorial bastard that he was, and people are celebrating all over the planet. I can't believe what's going on. Mate, I'll just I'll just put it this way. Um if you if you're seeing people say negative stuff about Dan Andrews on uh, LinkedIn, you know he's hated. Like, you, you can't uh, – and LinkedIn is, um, you know, it's a pretty neutral space. I would say it's more left-leaning. So there was a post by the AFR on LinkedIn and legit the comments were not good regarding him. So that really surprised me. But that also questions me the whole political system in Victoria. How's this guy still allowed to like, – how did this guy win this election? It's all question marks for me. I know I've heard a lot of conspiracy theories, but it just makes no sense to me how a bloke like him is hated so much, has high personal security within 24-7, yet he not only won Mulgrave by a thump and margin, he won the state election without losing any seats. I think he gained one or two. So, mate, question marks for me uh, around him and his um, electoral process, if that makes sense. Well, it's it's quite interesting about Mulgrave because the only reason he won that seat was because the donkey votes have to go to someone and they do a randomised 
um, system and whoever falls on that person gets the donkey votes. Well, it just so happened to fall on Dan and those donkey votes that the people put in, they all went to him and actually bumped him up over Cook, which is quite interesting. And Wade, you can attest to this. You're a listener of the show back then. And I was about three sheets to the wind that night when I found out he got back in. And I could not believe it then, just like I can't believe what's happening now. Mate, it was it was funny because I, I can remember getting a message from you and that happened. I'm sitting in the background. I'm going, this guy, how is he still here? How is he literally still doing this when someone is so universally hated? Now, you can say you'll, you'll have a host of people to say, oh, he's not because he got back in. The mechanisms, mate, mechanisms set that up. But when you messaged me, I thought, oh, Drew's going to go off here. This is going to be epic. I was, I was sitting back waiting going, oh, this is going to be so much fun. And he just, he just managed to, there's not a person who has been in a position that it hasn't fallen their way more than him throughout grueling people through COVID, the corruption, the, the fucking Commonwealth Games debacle, the bankrupting the state of Victoria pretty much. Yet he was untouchable. He was the ultimate untouchable. It, it, it begs the question, like, and no one pegged him as a narcissist that we all knew. Yeah, even his, his lovely crowd can't see through that aspect of him. But I'm all for having your own side of politics, but you still call people out on their shit personalities, and he's got one of the worst ones going. Um, you look at his nickname that he got, Teflon Dan, because nothing could ever stick on this guy. He's been to Ibac that many times. He's got, like, five gold medals for participation. This guy has... One offer. Yeah, he seems to dodge everything. And even as, as little as a week ago, he was asked by the press, you know, when are you going to retire? Are you going to stick out to the next election? He was adamantly said, I will run to the next election and I will stand for that election. So yeah. I I don't know what's happened here. There's this Something's happened behind the scenes that I don't think we're quite privy to yet, but there's a lot of speculation around it. And I think you're right there because we've we've mentioned a few times uh, and we've spoken about, you know, Pallet Jack, where my theory to you based on leaders we've seen across the world do this just before their election, and it's the Jacinda Ardern playbook, just before their election, they're going to leave it to their beta cuck offsider to try and run and take the fall, and they get off scot-free. And the thing with Dan is he seems to have waited after he's got elected. All the shit's hit the fan and right up. I'm out. Like, okay, someone's pushed you because you don't just get all that winning and and be that narcissistic to sit there, revel in that glory, only to go, yeah, fuck it, I'm out. The impression I get from him, GT, you tell me what you think on this. The impression I get from Dan Andrews is he has a lot of dirt on a lot of people from both sides of politics, within the police force, government departments, he has dirt on people. And I think that's what's really made him safe a lot of the time. That level of corruption and the the blackmail manipulation he must have over people would be staggering. So for someone to actually be able to potentially oust him, whatever it is, must be must be massive. Oh, mate, I, I don't disagree with you on that. Um, he, he I'll, I'll give it to you. He's a political operative that I've never seen in my life. Um, never seen a politician with his caliber do stuff. Um, he, he's arrogant for a reason because he knows and he knows how to manipulate people. He knows how to, what people think. And you're definitely right. The amount of shit he has, he's like the, um, Epstein of Australia, if you know what I mean. So, um, that, that, that's one thing about him. And look, I wouldn't be surprised because the thing is, if you've got a lot of shit on people, those people will try and bring you down and they'll get and they'll get stuff on you. So I wouldn't be surprised. Someone else, like that MP, I forgot his name, that got uh ousted from the party, and you can probably correct me on this. Adam Somirak? No, no, no. This is another guy. He has allegations on him. So apparently he got out, he got ousted out. So I, I don't know his name. And apparently he has a lot of a lot of crap on Daniel Andrews. This is what I'm hearing. <clears throat> so um you're definitely right. Someone's pushed him. But I've heard something else. I've heard that he cut a sweetheart deal with Albo. So Albo will say, okay, the states are not included in the um, inquiry. You got to go. 
So I think there's there's a lot of theories, and that kind of sits well with me as well. Because the thing is, now he's not included in that inquiry. Or there's no royal commission. He's 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 kind of evaded. He's gone. He he won't be questioned on the COVID inquiry unless someone comes out. So yep, we're going to do a a royal commission or some sort of inquiry into how Victoria handled it. So I might be wrong, but there are a lot of theories out there. Yeah. So what GT is alluding to for the international listeners is that Australia, our prime ministers finally taken some kind of action about our country's response to COVID. And it was a bit of a wishy-washy approach to it. It's not a Royal Commission, which is our highest form of investigation. It's just a standard um, investigation, like a a regulatory um, investigation into it. But he's been very selective in not investigating state premiers on their, their performances and what they did during the time. So it makes me question whether this is related to Dan Andrews leaving or not, because even if he leaves and he becomes a civilian again, he's not liable under that investigation anyway. Even if he was in power, he wouldn't have been liable. So it's it's a strange, strange situation. It makes me really wonder whether the conspiracy theorists at the start of the year were right when the little birdies were talking about Dan had a a plan to leave once he'd done his 3,000 days in office to get his bronze statue and then he'd had a cushy job at the UN lined up at New York. That's, a lot of the dates are lining up. That seems to be the case. But, GT, you and I were in a, a, a Twitter space today where one of the hosts was talking about the potential level of corruption that's happened and potential, and I'm going to say, use my words very carefully for legal reasons, the the possibility that there has been a very big legal case going on behind the scenes outside of public view where it's Dan Andrews has used the state system, the police force and politics to pay off someone. Now, a lot of people may not know this back in 2013, Dan Andrews and his wife were involved in a car accident with a, with a bicycle. Hang on, Um, wife. Yeah, wife, bloke, man, whatever, whatever. You can't assume these days, Wade, you don't know if it's a man or not. Anyway, uh, a chest-feeding person, perhaps. Is that a more appropriate term? So, Catherine. Catherine, Dan Andrews, wife, husband, what have you, was in a car accident with Dan. Now, this car accident was supposedly a young teenage boy hit the side of the car and went up onto the bonnet and had severe injuries. There's a lot, a lot of contradictions with this story. Um, the mainstream one that's going around is the kid was T-boned the side of it, and that's the story he was injured. The reality of it, the photos you see, he very clearly hit the front of the car or the car hit him. He was thrown into the windshield. The possibility is that old Danny Boy had had a few too gin and tonics, few too many gin and tonics that day, and he kind of passed the buck to his wife as the driver. But either way, the police that attended the scene, for lack of a better word, helped cover it up or at the very least weren't in direct line of their duties. They didn't actively help the young boy who was on the ground in critical care. They they waited. They waited around. They didn't administer any kind of, uh, of first aid and it required an off-duty nurse to actually help this kid and save his life at the end of the day. This case has been going through the court system since 2013, on and off. It's been across the media... It's been something that they that the Liberals tried to sink Dan Andrews with multiple times, and for whatever reason, it just seemed to disappear. Nothing happened. What we heard, GT, is that the the law firm representing this young man managed to secure a payout that was paid, I do believe, correct me if I'm wrong, from what our, our source said, a direct payout from the government itself, which is illegal, and a direct or a direct payout from um, RACV, which in the situation was highly, highly flawed and highly wrong for the processes that should have been followed. Oh, I totally agree, mate. Um, the whole, the whole thing stinks. Um, you can, and I just want to go back to the part where we're talking about the police. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, he was opposition leader then. He wasn't a premier, and yet he he had that much power and support. To, to have that authority over the police. That really, really opens up like a deeper rabbit holes for me. And my, I think the Liberal government was only one term. It was only there for probably two years when that happened. So 
I'm thinking this, this, as you said, this guy has so much crap on people um, from all levels that they have to support him. But you got you got to think, where is he getting this crap from? But anyways, I don't want to go veer off. I'll, I'll, I'm going to come back to this. Um, the way I see it is, this will come and bite Andrews in um, the butt. I'll put it that way. Um, he he thought he got away with it, and he thinks he gets away with a lot of stuff. But sometimes, sometimes small things take the person and and really destroy that person. And in this case, it's going to. And who knows? This might be the reason why he's said, "No, nah, screw this. I'm out. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna take a, a fall or anything like that." But it's, mate. It's a, it's an old saying: you, you commit atrocities, you're gonna pay for it. You reap what you sow. So that's where I'm gonna leave it at. It's yeah. sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, go for it. Wade. Yeah, I, I agree, mate. The you commit atrocities, it's gonna it's gonna come back and bite you. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put it from a different point of view to get your opinion, guys. Someone of that much power doesn't jump unless they're pushed. So someone is pushing from some perspective somewhere that says, Righto, Dan, your time's up. My concern is Righto, who's ready to jump in the hot seat? Who is it? How did they get there, and why is it now that they've managed to get to that position? Now, he may have jumped, but no one with that much power in history, and we can go back millennia through all the history books, has ever jumped and said, you know what, I've had a great run. I'm going to get on and just kick back now. Not one single historic figure has jumped because, ah, oh, I've done enough now. I'm good to go. Someone has knifed them in the back or pushed them or done something to offset them and create their own pathway. So I'm more concerned about, righto, who is lined up next and what is the agenda behind that person or who is driving that agenda. That's my concern. Yeah, as someone with this level of control and the hubris that the guy had, he was deifying himself. Like I've said on the show before, he's quoted as saying on... The second point, the second time he locked down the city of Melbourne and put the ring of steel in for the first time, his little cronies were patting him on the back and he poured himself a scotch and they said, um, well done, Dan. And he said, it's it's okay, I'm not God, not yet. So he's got this this overinflated ego about himself because he's, you know, he's been able to get away with so much. So it definitely leads to the idea that he was pushed, Wade, you're right. And there's a few little players that are hanging off to the side, which I'm very concerned about. His two IC, little socialist Barbie is her nickname, is within Victoria. She's been saying some things about Dan while he's outside of the country, off to China doing his little business deals, that really, really pinpointed her her power and her craving for control of the party. That's who I think is going to step in. But if it's this broader conspiracy that we've been talking about with this car accident, that's more than just Dan Andrews saying to the police, don't investigate this. That's hierarchy within VicPol. It's hierarchy within the Labor Party, hierarchy within TAC, all these governing bodies that had to be in on it. Perhaps it's just the collectiveness of this potential court case in the background happening where they've all kind of said, you know what, Dan has to leave or we're all taking a fall with this. Is it something like that? Or is it someone taking advantage of it within the party and pushing that for their own agenda? Oh look, mate. They they all have they all have a crap on each other. Like, um, I, I, I'm not surprised. The thing I look at is that every party, or both, it's a uni party. Whenever the liberals come in, they stack their loyalists in the bureaucracies or the institutions. When it's Labor, they do the same. So that they have loyalists, and they'll do their bidding. And that's why I'm saying our whole government and our system is broken. It's just um, we at a citizen level don't know that or don't want to comprehend that. It's like people like us that critically think, hang on, this doesn't make sense. The puzzle doesn't fit. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, people came out and say, yeah, okay, buddy, your time's done, uh, you're out, or we're dropping the whole bomb. And thing is, because they're using this old sentiment, this negative sent- sentiment around Dan, like they know people hate him, people dislike him, the mob's out there, um, and if they drop this shit, this shit's gonna 
it's going to stick. So they know they have the whole momentum. And he's like, okay, why, why do I want to risk that? Why do I want to not only fall on my own sword, but then the mob comes after me? So he's like, yep, I'll leave in grace. Um, and and the thing is, he got a, a standing ovation by the journalists. That's like a stab. That's a stab in the heart of the people that suffer the lockdowns, mate. That's a stab. I, I, there were three standing ovations. Look, I didn't suffer what um, you guys suffered. You guys suffered in Victoria, but mate, that that was a that was a piss take. It's like you failed as journalists to, to hold them accountable, and now you're giving them a standing ovation. So he left that press conference like he was Bob Hawke, like he was a president that's done so good. Yep, yep. Hey, look, he was like waving, like yep, that's it. I'm out. I'm I'm the greatest leader of all time. Mate, mate, that that really, really pissed me off, and I'm not even a Victorian, so I'm just going to leave it at that. But it, it's it's a sad it's a it's a sad day, but also a happy day that he's gone. What what do we do with with this situation now, though? Like we, he's announced it yesterday. It's official as of five o'clock tomorrow. We have to see what the the next week really takes because we need to wait for something to come out, either that court case will become public or he'll declare that he's got some kind of a job role lined up. Like these people generally do not leave the position without having something else to feather their nest. Jacinda Ardern, for example, she left, got a university position within the United States and is a constant representative at the United Nations. Well, you for got me, Gladys Berejiklian, you got John Barillaro. Mm-hmm. They all the same. All one of these multi-million-dollar roles. They've got all the same playbook. They've they've got something set up for after they leave, which we know politicians do anyway. Liberals do it. Liberals tend to set themselves up as CEOs and in boards of private companies, whereas Labor people tend to go into universities or unions. It's just the way things are done. But these leaders lately, it's like they're covering their ass so that they're protected after the fact. As for Dan Andrews, I don't think he's... Now, this isn't me saying anything myself or putting words in anyone's mouth. It's a matter of fact that he's not safe in Victoria. We saw the police presence he had as a security detail for the past three years. He can't walk the streets anymore. He's not safe. That's just a fact. I don't think he's safe anywhere in Victoria. So I'm speculating that he would have to have a job overseas. Because our state premiers aren't like US presidents. They don't get a security detail for the rest of their lives. When you're done, you're done. You don't get it. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Look, if he goes to the States, I don't know how that's going to work out because the crime rate is so high in the States. Um, it's no joke. I have relatives uh, that are telling me that the and and um, they live in the progressive states uh, in the United States. So the crime rate is so high. If he's not safe here... I don't think I don't think he'll be safe there. Like th- this bloke is he as much as you know I I I don't want to be harsh on him. He's he, he's done himself no favors. He's, uh, he's got be yeah, harsh. I, fucking. Oh, oh, mate, oh, oh, I'm just saying he's he's got he's he's got a lot of enemies, and I'm not saying like big enemies. I think the wor- the worst enemy you want you don't want to have is everyday uh, citizen. Because if if you have like if you have one or two or three, they multiply, and you have a mob. You don't want a mob as an enemy. That's that's one thing. Because they come after you. They're like, no, nah, screw you, mate. We're gonna we're gonna we're going after you, and um, and that's what he has. I've I've like, I, I have no sympathy for the bloke. He he's done so much bad for the state. I was watching on um, MSM the stuff that he's done to the state. The state is broken to pieces. Like you, you can't even you, you can't look in any direction of the institutions of uh, Air Victoria that he hasn't trashed and left the buildings burning. The state's the state debt, but that's uh, I think um, over two to three hundred dollars billion dollars. Who's going to pay that? We are taxpayers, and then he's and then he's put these taxes in place. Like you know, one thing I, I hate about governments is when they put the damn taxes up, especially in, in the cost of living crisis. That's a massive F, that's a massive F year to the normal plan. That's what I'm going to say. Well, here's another take then. Is he left because he realised how much damage he's done to the ship? 
as he is the sea captain deliberately driven it into the into the 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 iceberg and went oh geez i better not go down with this one i'm going to get out while i can he's put in all these taxes there's record levels of debt there's civil and social unrest there's so many things wrong with our state if he stayed on eventually the heat would have come to him perhaps this is just his own self-preservation mechanism was to leave plus the hubris of getting his lovely bronze statue after 3000 days of service is this just as simple as him leaving while he can what do you reckon Wade? yeah look it's it, to be fair it's probably the most confusing jump ship of anyone i think i've ever seen anywhere because he had so much power and control of the state he didn't actually give a rat's ass about the the budgets. He knocked the, the Commonwealth Games on the head, which was going to cost you guys billions. Um, he didn't care about his reputation that that was going to bring. He didn't care about the lockdown so long as globally people saw him as the tyrant to lock people down and follow the, you know, the, the Operation Lockstep playbook that we know. And all of a sudden now he's just going to, yep, I'm out. It really is confusing because, yes, he's probably got a, a cushy gig somewhere with, you know, he's on the board of, of BlackRock New Zealand or, you know, Vanguard somewhere or he's doing something. He's getting paid a shitload of money to be a puppet now. But there are so many avenues here that don't make sense. And and between the three of us, we could probably come up with a host of reasons for other people to do it and you nail down the one. This one does not make any sense in any way, shape, or form, no matter how you slice it. And as I said before, the concerning part is what comes next. I just want to—I just want to add one thing. I, I think it's going to get worse uh, for for Victoria um, with the Labor right now. You're going to see a full implosion of the Labor Party. Uh, there's no unity. One thing Dan did—he he kept everyone in check, and that you could say he had a lot of. Sh- crap on people um but the <laughs> i don't see um the next uh i think it's three years uh going well um i think uh after you know the deputy comes in someone else will go in for the job because she won't be able to unite the party and keep them in check and you'll see that in fighting it'll get crazier it'll get chaotic and um and the sad thing is in, in a time of cost of living when people are suffering you know what I mean? So it's really, really um, sad to see the state of politics, especially in Victoria. And um, it's, yeah, don't know else to say. Yeah, it's <clears throat> it's a hot take to think that the only way that fractured Labor Party, because Labor's made up of um, extreme socialists, it's made of centre-left, it's made up of um, unionists, all these different people that compass the idea of the left-wing government. He controlled them through fear. Prior to Dan Andrews, they were constantly having leadership spouses all the time. People were dropping in and out. He managed to hold that that position for so long, and people were afraid of him. It's really going to be interesting to see what Adam, Adam um, Somirak says over the next couple of days. Um, he's a gentleman from the Labor Party who <clears throat> Dan Andrews essentially kicked out, and he's been dropping truth bombs about Dan Andrews the past three years. So if he's got real dirt on him, he's going to drop it now. Watch his space and something's going to come out, I'm sure of it. Or, or he'll fall off a set of steps. <laughs> <laughs> that Mind would you. be really convenient, wouldn't it? It would be. Mind hey, you, maybe that's how he, maybe that's how he's, he's silenced GT. Maybe he actually has an accident. And he doesn't go oh. on to any kind of big jobs or big roles after this. Maybe he quietly disappears and has some kind of unrelated health issues. Dear Lord, please send some termites. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, it's 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 um it's not looking good for for politics in general in Australia. Um, you could say the Labor Party in general, the whole party is um dominated by the left faction, left wing faction. You can see federal politics. You can see on state level, the left wing has the power. So um. I think that was coming, and in my opinion, history repeats itself. You had Gough Whitlam, and look how screwed up Australia turned then. Um, so I think we're going through that same period. 
And I'm not looking forward to it, to be honest. Uh, I don't want to be uh, living through dystopia or any um, uh, communistic uh, ideologies. And sadly, that's what Australia's gone through right now. And uh, we best be prepared for it. Now, I'm not here to just to point out race cards or anything, GT, but yours is an interesting perspective because you are a man of Indian ancestry living in Australia. You may not sound like it. That's going to throw a lot of people's ears out. But your your demographic air quotes, a lot of people would stem to think that it's purely a left-wing voting base or a, a political belief system. You're very far from it. I know we've had conversations in the past how you said you were very left-aligned when you were younger and your eyes have kind of opened up to it. How many people in Australia have to wake up to this? Is it just a, for the socialist left that's in control of this country, where's that voting base coming from? Is it coming from the inner suburban city dwellers that really don't understand what real life is like? Is it from um, new immigrants to the country? What do you think? Oh, look, I think I had a look at uh, the statistics, and especially from the left-meaning Redbridge uh, poll, they're saying that the number one demographic um, to win over will be the Indian community, and and that's including the um, the Hindus and the Sikhs and um, and the South Indians uh, in general. Um, so, look for me, I can't judge from broader community, but for my, for personally myself, because I was raised with the ideology that you know the white man's bad, and um, we've gone through uh, colonialism that wasn't good and all that stuff but there's a belief inside and i think it was mentioned in the twitter spaces there's a belief inside that it just tells you no that's not right what you're being fed is not right and that's what i went through i was like Mm-mm, that doesn't sound right i think there's more to it the more i dug the more i researched the idea and i was like oh no i've i've been fed a lie or i've been believing something that's not right this is wrong so and I, look i get classified as a white supremacist and all that kind of stuff yet i'm brown as hell so um, I don't know how that how, how that works. Um, all, all the labels, all all the labels of a a white supremacist, you know, cooker, and it's like, well, hang on, we are allowed to have our own views. We're allowed to disagree or, or agree. Why can't I have the, my, the views I have? You know what I mean? So, and not to drag this on, I just want to go back to the point you said, uh, missing the point. The the thing is that um, the the young generation in the Indian community are being fed a lie about socialism. Oh, you know, everyone needs to be treated equal. Everyone needs to have similar stuff. You know, the rich man's bad. Uh, but the problem is they're not taught about how the government works, how the politics work, how democracy works. You know, that's one thing that I had to learn myself. And I'm like, oh, hang on. It's not capitalism that's the, the bad ideology. It's communism. See, this is stuff, and, we're, and, and, I, and I always say this, polit- people are politically illiterate. This is not any, this is just in general. This is generalisation. People are politically illiterate, in my, in my, um, in my opinion. Now, I'm going to tie this back to Dan Andrews, and I will, because I'm really good at this. I can talk about 20 different subjects and bring it back to the topic ahead. <clears throat> what you're saying about how young Indians tend to have this great idea about socialism in general in states of India, there are communist states in India. The, their voting block is communist. That's that's how it works. And I can see why it happens in India. India is at a rebuilding stage after colonialism. There's high levels of poverty. It makes sense. It looks great on paper. I think the waking point for a lot of Indian Australians and people that immigrate here from the subcontinent is that once you're in a country that has uh, the possibility for your own growth and you can develop yourself and you can build and lift yourself up, you recognise the potential that's there that wasn't where you've you've necessarily come from or what you've experienced. And I think Dan Andrews tries to tie into that old school idea of what Indians think privilege is based from India. You see the way he was... He was doing a Justin Trudeau at one point. He had this Indian woman who was a part of his party and he went to all these festivals wearing turbans. Now, I'm, I'm not a racist, but I definitely know you don't wear a turban as a white guy unless you're actually of that culture or maybe you've married into the culture and you're doing it for your family reasons. I don't understand why he was wearing a Sikh turban and LARPing as an Indian for votes. It was very Justin Trudeau, very racial politics, and it's something the left seems to get away with. 
Yeah. Hey, look, I there's one thing about uh, the 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 Sikhs is that um, they they they're really welcoming. They don't they don't mind anyone being part of you know the culture. Um, it's just the problem is these politicians don't have um, good intentions. They're coming for the votes. They come in and like, yep, yeah, uh, I'll do this. I'll give you this grant. Uh, give me the vote. And um, and that's what the issue is here. Um, I wanted to touch on the the way you said um, about the communist uh, ideologies in India. Um, I'll, I'll I'll give you a closer analogy. My um my mother's side of uh, the um her her family hold communist views, and I didn't know that. So they would use the term "oh comrade, comrade," and I'm like, and I'm like, hang on, what do you mean by comrade? So I legit found out probably like 15 years, took me 15 years, mind you, to find out what, what they were saying by comrade, meaning they had, they're had communists. And it shocked me. It, it, it really shocked me. So I was like, hang on, how did communism come into the northern part of India, that, that secluded region? How did communism get there? I did my dicking. And the Russians had a play. The Russians went through um, uh Afghanistan, obviously, when they invaded Afghanistan, Pakistan, and then they came into the northern side of India and they basically told, basically gave, oh, yeah, communism, it's a really good ideology. Everyone's, you know, treated the same. And I was like, wow. Like, you, you, you do the digging, you do your research, you find out a lot of stuff and, and people just don't do that. So it, 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 communism has been ushering itself throughout the process and the problem is because we haven't educated people what communism is. And for your viewers, I just want to say communism killed over 100 million people. That ideology is wild, and I'm totally against it. At current count? Yeah, yeah currently. It's still trending up. Yes, yes. So that's, that's what that I, is right. That's what I love about you, GT. Like, a lot of people say there's a stereotypical Indian bloke who's going to be left-wing, and you jump online on Twitter, or as is known as X now, and you absolutely throttle commies. It's hilarious. And I think when people hear you in spaces, they picture this laid-back Aussie bloke in a flanny sitting on his couch just yelling at his phone. And you couldn't be further from the truth. Shit, I thought he was from Logan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, look, it's just... Yeah, I could say it's my critical thinking uh, skills or just, just my... It's my belief. It's inside me and... When it says, nah, this doesn't sound good or this isn't right, and then I do my digging. And um, look, I haven't gone through communism. I haven't lived in a communist country, so I, I, I couldn't tell you how, how bad it is. But talking to people, and we know a person, me and you, missing the point, that's been through a communist country, and um, it's not good. Like there are, uh, what's it called, Cuba right now is a full communist country. You talk to any Cuban, and they're like, uh-uh. We don't like that country. The ones that are actually in the States, they're like, yeah, no, nah, we're against communism. So you have to listen to these people that have actually been through it. And they're saying, don't do it. Don't don't stand for it. Venezuela, another another communist country. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's not communist country. Socialism. Has, Socialism. Socialism. Yes. Yeah, it's the stepping stone to communism. Oh, it's like the doormat that opens the, the door. It's the trial state for utter socialism. Yeah, Mate, well, this, this is the danger, GT, like, Dan Andrews, as socialist as his policies are, they are quite tame in comparison to some people in his party who are probably vying for the top role right now. And we know whoever's going to get in, they are going to want to set their own legacy and differentiate themselves from Dan Andrews. So imagine the type of shit that could possibly be coming in the pipeline from those people. And you were alluding to that before, Wade. Yeah, it's it's quite funny that, um, you know, from what we see, um, you know, GT and I, from an outside perspective, looking at Victoria, I'm sitting back in Queensland, and Queensland was, you know, probably second rate behind Victoria in that stage. But it's like, holy shit! Like, yeah, good luck trying to get me to do that, guys. But in comparison, you got Venezuela, millions of dollars sitting in the gutter. People don't want to pick it up because it's worth jack shit. Now, what's what's going to come from that when Dan Andrews gave you a smidgen of that? The next person is going to go. Well, you know, righto. Let's let's add some more mission creep. He's done this. Let's see how far I can push it. All of a sudden, you're getting three premiers down. And next minute, wow, you're paying forty percent tax, and no one can do this, and no one can do this because you're all equal. It's it's not a it's not a reach to suggest that that's that's five six years away. 
Well, we're starting to see those taxes already, Wade, Mm. like the ones that he's just instilled recently with Airbnbs. Airbnbs in Victoria, for for rentals and for tourism perspective, are the highest taxed in the world, higher than what New York City has. Like New York City, a mecca for tourism. How does Melbourne even compare to that in its current state? I don't understand. As of today, Byron Bay Council announced 60-day limit on the amount of Airbnbs available per year. Byron Bay in New South Wales, a huge, huge tourist area, 60 days for Airbnb for an entire year. So it's not, you know, it, that that's filtering. If someone can get away with it in Victoria, well, let's see if we can try that. What do they do for the other 100, uh, 305 days of the year? Your guess is as good as mine, mate. And then their aim was, oh, we've got to create homes for people to live in. What? In there, and there's the mission creep wage. They're forcing people out of the market, people who have worked their whole lives, saved their money, bought investment properties. They're pushing these people out through taxes and other little amendments and legislations, forcing them to sell their property. And yep. people who are going to buy that property are going to be the likes of a BlackRock, a Vanguard, possibly um, internationals who are buying up our properties. And yes, people will get into the housing market, but I can guarantee you the rentals are going to be going through the roof. Like the price of rent will skyrocket because it will be completely monopolized. It, it won't be Murren Park Kettle who, oh, right, we find, yep, we're going to buy our, our retirement home in Byron Bay. We've got our savings. We're going to buy a million dollar home. No way, mate. State Street's going to come in and pay 1.5 for that home. And the seller, oh, well, yeah, I'm going to take the 1.5. But like when, when you look at these things logically, Byron Bay. No one lives there. It's a transient place. 60 days Airbnb, immediately straight away, you now have to go stay in a motel because there are no Airbnbs. So so that step that Dan Andrews put in place, someone's gone, well, fuck, let's, let's last try it. We'll see how that goes. No one's going to fight back. No one's going to kick back. No one's going to put up a real, real drama and say, nah. We are not having this with the council. Council's just going to be allowed to do it with what it does, and it's now stuck, and no one's going to fight back because they haven't been pushed to their limit yet. Let's go through a trip down memory lane and look at a couple of the big ticket items Dan Andrews responsible for. The lockdowns, those are the big ones people are always going to remember. But within the past year, he's brought in localised tradium to Victoria through the First, Nation, uh, First Nations People's Assembly. He's brought in taxes for like Airbnbs. He's outright banned LPG gas, a liquid petroleum gas for new houses and new government buildings as of January next year. He's created a state-owned electrical commission, the SEC is back, which in its face isn't a bad thing, but when it's solely around renewables and nothing else, he's set up a system that someone will take advantage of and take to that next level. Like we think those are bad, if you're trying to make a name for yourself as a new premier, the only way to go up is to bring in more authoritarian, more socialist types of policies, which beyond the current ones we're seeing are going to be bloody horrifying. Mate, it's a communist wet dream, the Tories. Um, it's, a, it's a social dystopia, what, what Dan and uh, the current government has put it in. Um, especially look at the social ha- social um, housing uh, bill or the construction fund. Uh, I think it's like t- uh, around about $1 billion. It's like, why don't you actually make it really simple for people to get jobs, to work, earn a living, and buy their own home rather than actually making them rely on the government? That's that's communism or socialism 101. Make the person work for the government, rely on the government, and then they're controlled entities. But that, that, that's alarm bells for a pe- person who understands how politics works. And that's what Dan Andrews in Victoria, and, and he's done in Victoria. That's what's happening. Okay, here's why. It's because he's actively spent his whole time removing jobs. The jobs he's created are for big infrastructure, air quotes, in Melbourne, building train lines that aren't going to be finished till 2040. Like what could potentially happen within the time frame of this country and this state that would warrant a building of an infrastructure for that long. I understand you need it, but what happens if the population booms beyond the capacity for that railway system? It becomes wasted money. 
You look at what he's done in regional areas in Victoria. He's systematically started to shut down the fossil fuel industry. Um, power stations are going under because of him. Gas is going under because of him. Forestry has been decimated, like in my own area regionally. He's outright banned um, felling of na- um, native forests, which we had until 2035, 2036 to, to complete, but he's brought it forward earlier. Like This guy's all about actually reducing jobs and making people reliant on the system. And that's the one thing we, we seem to hear from a lot of these socialists on Twitter spaces, GT, is that these young guys, these people in their, their late teens, their early 20s, they see socialism as the only option because it sounds fair. I get it. It sounds fair. It sounds perfect. Everyone gets something as a, a means of their production and production of their means, whatever that communist manifesto saying is. They see the beauty of it. Everyone gets a piece of the pie. Everyone has a purpose. The problem is everyone is on the same level playing field because you're all poor. No one has any kind of wealth that they can actually put into the system. I can't just hire someone because I'm financially doing well. I can't go and hire three or four farmhands and then in essence, give them a better station life and a better living and better economical outcome. Everyone has to be on the same level. It's, he, he's basically decimated the blue collar uh, industry if you look at it. Um, and he's no friend of uh, the blue, blue collar yet. Um, He's, he gets the support from the unions. And that's what I'm saying. Unions used to be a thing um, that helped the worker, but now it's against the worker. And, you know, I have no, I have no sympathy for the unions or um, the Labor government. Uh, they're just taking mugs for the blue collar and the normal work, uh, average, uh, average working uh, citizen, especially in Victoria. Um, this Dan Andrews just, uh, you know, walked through every, uh, industry and he's like yep i'm going to decimate this industry and i'm going to piss off and then all you see is chaos and destruction like i i hope victoria comes back but the the amount of damage this bloke's done it's going to take decades upon decades and you look at the opposition they know different i don't get good vibes from john uh or sorry if i if i didn't pronounce his name right but um, yeah, but he's, a, he's a non-person here anyway, mate. There's no, there's no opposition in Victoria anyway. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh look, that, that's that's a th- and, that, and that's one thing Dan Andrews uh, did well. He didn't have he didn't have an opposition to deal with. It was just one. It was one party candidate, one party. You know, the, the Liberals are hopeless, and who knows? They might be hopeless for a reason. So um, look, that guy had everything going for him, but you know. Let's say dictators, when their time comes to an end, it comes to an end. So, uh, you know, their reign can be as much as they want uh, good, but then, uh, you know, sometimes it doesn't turn out to be good. So let's see. Let's see. I think there's a lot that's going to transpire in this year. And politics is getting chaotic in Australia, put it that way. The great thing with history, GT, is that history doesn't repeat, but it rhymes. And if you look at the way that all of the dictators in history have kind of gone, they go a certain way, which I won't describe on the podcast because, you know, there might be ears listening to it, but they tend to go out a certain way. And it's There's not... a movie called 300 that would describe it very well. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Great. Uh, perfect, actually. You can't treat people the way he did for so long, over 3,000 days, lie to the public, live as live the way he did in a way that he unintentionally put himself as some kind of a God complex or as a, as a God or a deity above everyone else without having some kind of repercussions. Karma is going to bite this guy in the ass. I don't think what's currently happening is the karma. I think that's probably further down the road, but this is just the system kind of getting the ball rolling and, and a few things have to play out. I, I do think Victoria is going to be in a worse state in the next 18 months based on the people that are coming through. And if we did have any kind of an opposition in this state, they would take advantage of the potential lawsuits and things that are happening behind the scenes. And they would push very, very hard for a state level um, governor general to actually remove the state government and force an election. Because if it's the level of the corruption we've heard about GT, 40 plus people involved in it at all levels of the government, 
how can you trust its operation of the state? If it wasn't a completely controlled governor general and they're completely bipartisan, by all rights, they would have to step in, dissolve the government, go to an election. But we know that's probably not going to happen. I think there has... Sorry, you go for it, Mike. So I was just going to say, first thing, Drew, karma carries a big stick, mate, and sometimes it takes a while to wind it up. Now, on the back of that, you're exactly right, where if that corruption, um, you know, and even throughout Queensland, we know a lot about that. If that's correct, and you're talking 40-plus people, you're not just dissolving the government. You're talking about the police force. You're talking about all the internal governmental bodies. All of a sudden, you're sweeping your entire political uh, system and the political army that the the Vicpol has become. That puts Victoria in a very precarious place moving forward. And it makes you wonder who's waiting in the wings to take advantage of that. If we did have... No, I don't really trust politics, like you said, GT. It's two wings of the same bird for me now. If there was a right-wing side and a conservative side, they'd be waiting in the wings to take advantage of this. We know they're incompetent in this state. So my concern is, if they did clean house, they got rid of all those people at multiple levels of government and, and departments and Vic Pole and alike, who's waiting to take advantage and step in? Who are they going to be putting in the places of the people that are removed? And I think the WEF and other big three-letter agencies have got a lot to do behind that. There, I think there hasn't been a precedent on state level where the governor generals uh, sacked the government. Correct me if I'm wrong. So that that that'll be really interesting to see the governor general stepping in and sacking the government if the the corruption is so bad that you can't you you can't simply let the government government govern. So. Um, that that would be really interesting to see, but I'm pretty sure uh, the Governor General right now, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, she's um, uh, a loyalist because they what they what these people do they 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 put people that are loyal to them in those positions so it doesn't come biting them in in the butt. So um, and I would like to go back to the precedent where um, what's it called uh, when Goth Whitman got sacked or oh, sorry the government got sacked uh, the Governor General then was not a loyalist. He was a loyalist to the three-letter agencies. So, um, and that's a topic for another day. So, um, if you look back at now, we don't know who's calling the shots. And like you said, Drew, the problem is that we don't know who's that the person that or the people that are lining up could be worse than Dan Andrews and the whole government combined. So. It's really interesting and, like I said, chaotic times ahead and uh, we've just got a brace for it. But for international listeners who aren't quite sure of what a Governor-General is, Australia as a part of the Commonwealth and the Westminster parliamentary system. We have a Prime Minister as the leader of our country and essentially above that Prime Minister, we have this person as a representative of the Crown kind of just sitting there making sure things are going all hunky-dory if something happens that they see that's out of line and needs to be dealt with, they have the power to remove a standing prime minister. We also have that level of um, crown control at state levels as well. Within our states, we have state governor generals who also answer to the crown, who have the same ability, like GT alluded to. I don't believe it's happened at state level. It's definitely happened at a federal level where a prime minister has been removed from standing office. Um, you know what? It'd be a great way to prove they've actually got power if they did it with this current um, government, Dan might leave, but they might find a need to remove key players in the actual parliament itself, or state parliament rather. It, it has to be against the narrative. So when Gough Whitlam got uh, dismissed, the issue was that he wasn't approving uh, the facility on Pine Gap. Now, if anyone wants to do research, you can um, on Pine Gap. Now, I'm not going to go down that rubber hole, but there was a precedent. Yes, that's correct. So, um, and we know how powerful they are on a global standard. So he went against the narrative and he got the boot. So it has to be a really powerful entity that's uh, lined up against Dan Andrews or the government, um, or in in or has a different narrative. And um, but we we as citizens won't know that until down track, like what happened to the Whitlam government. So big big powers at play here. And um, 
got to see how the puzzles, uh, where the puzzles fit. For mainstream and, and normie consensus, the Gof- the Whitlam government was actually removed from power by the Governor General because it was a hung parliament. They couldn't actually pass any bills, couldn't get anything through. Every time something got put up, it got shut down. So from the Governor General's perspective, it was an invalid government because it couldn't actively do anything. So they went to an election in hopes that it would change the positions of power within parliament so that votes could get through. Um, yes, Pine Gap did begin around that time and was set up within Australia. Pine Gap is a surveillance information centre by a three-letter agency from the United States that acts in a international capacity. It's not the FBI, so that should narrow it down for you. Uh, yeah, Wade, do you have anything to say on that? Mate, the everything you guys just said is, is absolutely perfectly put, and I don't think I'd put any better. My concern being is that if a government is sacked in the current state of the world we are with, you know, the Klaus Schwab and his cronies, the Black Rocks, the Vanguards, the State Streets, what is the Governor-General of each state slash country, what is their aim and who is pulling their strings to want to get rid of that government? Now, we, we, all mainland Australia is held by Labor. Obviously, the WEF and those idiots want to keep it that way. At what point does a Governor-General come along and go, nah, <laughs> this is not working and it's not working well and it's not going to help anything. We need to get rid of them. Well, if I were them, I would not be driving a car. That There, there, are, there are definitely strings being pulled behind those people as well to ensure that that happens because if if – if any of us three were in that position, sitting there right now, thinking critically, thinking logically, they would all have been gone years ago. And, and I'm pretty sure you two would agree that that's exactly how it would play out. You'd be sitting there going, hang on, you are just costing these people their homes. They can't put food on the table. You're out. And I would be quite happy to arrange some of the best people I know to throw them out. But... For some reason, that is not happening. Makes you question, why? So that's who's pulling their strings. My bad, Wade. Again, I'm, I'm applying logic and reason to everything on this podcast, which doesn't seem to be too popular with the world powers and conspiracy theorists in general. <sighs> so where to, where to now? Like, people are going to celebrate tomorrow. Potentially, we're going to see people celebrating in Melbourne in the CBD, like it's a grand final or grand final eve. I don't think we're going to actually see Collingwood on the front page of the Herald Sun this week. We're going to see Dan Andrews' big mug with his wingnut ears. So what? What? let's play a little game. Where do you see Victoria a week from now, a month from now, a year from now? Who would like to start? I'll let Wade go for it. You go for it, Wade. Mate, well, first thing, it seems it seems oddly convenient that this happened grand final week in Melbourne, probably the biggest single week of anything the year in Melbourne. Um, it's happened grand final week. You're going to have people everywhere not paying attention to papers, to media, to anything, simply because all of Victoria is going to get behind Collingwood to beat the Lions. That's going to happen. Go the Lions. But you're going to have people not paying attention. And it's taken us, I think it took you, Drew, four minutes, five minutes to message me about this after I flicked you a random message. Um, GT, I reckon you would have been all over this as well. So I I don't know in the short term, in a month, nothing. Six months, nothing-ish. 12 months, very visual things have changed but not had the impact that we probably think they might have. But then 18 months, two years, I think things may play out what we kind of thought might have happened in the shorter term. And that that is uh, people, oh, yeah, see, nothing's come of it, nothing's come of it. And all of a sudden, two years later, oh, shit, and it's too late. That seems to be the case right across Australia, and it is quite sad because people just aren't paying attention. GT, how about you? Oh, look, first of all, I just want to say, um, you know, there'll be a lot of people on the par- steps of Parliament or just in the CBD celebrating 
fuck out of, you know, the news of the dictator going. Uh, but they will, the media and, you know, uh, Dan apologists will uh, come out and say, um, you know, that's just the footy. That Everyone's just celebrating AFL. Uh, so I won't say, you know, that this is because of, uh, Dan's gone. Look, for my, for my um, analysis, one week, one month, six months, it's really chaotic. I, for, for once in my lifetime, I can't predict what's going to happen. I think there's going to be stuff popping in and out. We don't know. There can be stuff popping out tomorrow. There can be stuff popping out next week. Uh, Dan is not safe in a political way where I think stuff is going to come out about him. And, um, and that's what happens when there's an old, there's an old saying in my culture, when the, when the jug or the vase is full and it starts overflowing, it cracks. And when it cracks, it, I, it, it just, everything comes out. So, um, Dan Andrews, Jug is not only overflowing, there's so many cracks that uh, I won't be surprised if it all comes out at the same time. So, um, look, it's uh, at the end of the day, it's not good for Victoria. Victorians are already suffering um, and they're going to suffer more. And this is where we need to vote with our brains, not with our hearts. We, that's that's one thing. Got to vote, got to make your vote count and make it count in a way where. You know that pot. You can keep that politician accountable because they think they're not there to serve the people. They're there to serve themselves and their masters, and they're career politicians. Politics is not a career; it's a service. Yeah, couldn't disagree more with you guys. Um, as for me, I think mine looks as I do. Always break things down to the nth degree into the details of what the person's wearing that day and what watch they have on and what. Number of bands that hands on the watches are pointing to. Um, week one will be a a leader put in position to take over from Dan Andrews. Not a lot happening. His face will be all over the newspapers. There won't be anything about the AFL, that type of deal. One month, we're going to see leadership spills straight away. I think there'll be a little bit of a honeymoon period where a person will be in, and that's when the infighting will begin. Within that first month, I could potentially see a possible legal ramification occurring from this car accident, which Daniel Andrews ironically would not be in the country anymore. I could definitely see him taking on a role at the UN, in which case the UN has legal protections for its representatives. They have similar legal contracts, very similar to extradition orders. So it would suit him perfectly if he was in a job overseas and couldn't actually be recalled for any court cases. Six months, I think we'd see the leadership spills kind of fizzle out and we'd be stuck with the person who they always intended to be in control. And within one year, we'll start to see more socialist policies start to come forward as this person tries to make a name for themselves, which we won't know the full impact for for another year or two. That's me. Mate, I don't disagree with that. You nailed it. Yep, I'm with you. Well, on that note, gentlemen... Thanks for coming on. As blackpilling as it is to talk about the potential fallout of Dan Andrews leaving, which should be a national holiday, like fuck the king's birthday. Dan is gone day should be the next one. Let's make that Twitter trend. That was it, guys. So Aussies, internationals, you'd know Dan Andrews has been a fantastic fan of the show, and I talk about him so often because I love him. He's gone now. So I'm going to have to find someone else to talk about for the next 12 months because, you know, all my info's gone. I don't have any material anymore. He's gone. He's done. It's all right, mate. We've got Albo. Oh, there He's... we go. That's another one. Pallet yeah, Shock, Albo. Pallet Jacks is next. And I, I've, I've said this to Drew, shit, 12 months ago, she will literally play the Ardern playbook where her beta cuck, Stephen Miles, who is, uh, if you were picking a team for football at school, he's, oh, do we have to pick him? <laughs> She will she will step down because her dad is in very high positions globally. She will get she will get a very cushy job somewhere. She will pull the pin before next year's Queensland election. He will jump in and he will get railed. And essentially, she has not lost. So she's next. Yeah, so I think heard, Drew. I think we can do that. Yeah, well, there's two left now. I think there's only two state premiers that are originally from the pandemic era left to go. 
which just seems like it, they're either cleaning house or they're getting rid of people so that other things can occur. All right, gentlemen, um, we'll go around the horn. If you've got anything you want to promote, like social media or anything like that, go for it now. I'm just going to promote Missing the Point. Listen to the podcast. He's a legend. So uh, he will red pill you and uh, make you think critically. That's all I'm going to say. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, mate, for having me. And that wasn't me paying Indian immigrants to uh, promote my show. (laughs) No. Not that they're cheap or anything. They're just, you know, they're very good at what they do. GT, you do run spaces and whatnot on on Instagram, though. Do you want to give people your Twitter handle at all, or do you want to leave that? No, no, go for it. Uh, It's um, Mumbai Masochist. So uh, go for it. Uh, You can search that up uh, on Twitter Spaces. We host a lot of great people on there. Uh, Me and Drew and a few others go and talk about, you know, what's going on and whatnot. So please, if you want to join, come on in. We're friendly people and we always tuck them up. Yeah. Awesome, mate. How about you, Wade? Mate, I'm good. I'm good. Just trying to uh, keep the country going one litre of diesel at a time, mate. Hey, someone's got to keep the country going, buddy. That's right, mate. That's exactly right. So we'll just keep mining our way through the world while people are trying to renew themselves out of it. (laughs) Uh, All right, everyone. Thanks for joining us. I hope you enjoy this and have a beer for me because ding dong, the witch is dead. Hey everybody, it's closing time. You don't gotta go home, but you can't stay here.